Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Consumer Review Report on Tube City Online Radio, a service of Tube City Online, Tube City Community Media, Inc., where we deal with consumer issues. This show is heard Sundays at 4 p.m., Tuesdays at 6 p.m., and Thursdays at 9 a.m., again on Tube City Online Radio. And if you can't catch our regularly scheduled shows, podcasts of these shows are available on wmck.fm slash crr, iTunes, Google, iHeart, Spotify, and Spreaker. Now, if you have any ideas of any products or services you would like to hear on the show, you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. Also, if you have any questions or any comments on anything you've heard on the show, you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. All right, today's show is going to be dedicated to scams. We do this about twice a year where we, you know, uh, keep up on the latest scams that's going on. So here's the kind of the top scams of 2022 going on at this time. Uh, You may recall that a couple weeks ago, our very own Tube City Almanac, Tube City Online, Uh, reported a scam. Uh, It was also reported by WPXI, and it was, uh, the article was, Allegheny County Sheriff's Office warns of scammers pretending to be them. All right, so um, here's basically what it has been about. The Allegheny County Sheriff's Office has warned of scammers hitting the area who are pretending to be them. According to a press release, the scam program made off with $18,000 from a 33-year-old female victim. The release said the man who contacted the victim identified himself as Lieutenant Mullen from the Sheriff's Office from the phone number 412-350-4700. The caller told the victim that she was mailed a subpoena for January 20th to be an expert witness on a case. Because she had failed to respond, warrants were issued for her arrest and she had to postpone or be taken to jail. The release stated that the call lasted nearly a minute before disconnecting. When the victim tried to call back, she couldn't get through. Soon after, she received a call from a no-caller ID number. This call lasted an hour and a half, according to the release. This time, the victim was transferred to Captain Stevens since Lieutenant Mullen had left for the day. According to the release, Stevens told the victim that she needed to pay $8,000 for bail or she would be arrested. The victim withdrew the money from her bank account and was directed to purchase gift cards to pay the amount. She purchased seven Green Dot $500 gift cards from Giant Eagle and the remaining $4,500 from two separate Rite Aids in the Pittsburgh area. Now, according to the release, Stevens then told the victim that she would need to prove their activation prior to sending them to the Treasury Department. After providing the numbers on the gift cards, the victim was transferred to an agent Meadows from the state NCIC to confirm the bail was paid 
and the warrants had been cleared. Following her conversations with Stevens and Meadows, the victim received another phone call from an 844 number claiming to be James Robertson, special agent in charge of the Buffalo FBI office. Robertson stated that he would assist in clearing the defying a judge's order charges as they were federal charges separate from the charges cleared earlier. And that's, you know, basically what the release was saying, how the scam was perpetrated. Now it goes on to say Robertson explained that the victim would need to pay an additional $5,000 to secure her bond on the federal charge and $5,000 more to clear the warrant immediately. However, the money would be returned to the victim upon appearing at their court hearing. Now, more from this press release. The victim then received a text message requesting the funds be paid via Apple Pay. The victim again sent payment, which totaled $18,000 after all the transactions had been made. The victim stated that both Mullen and Stevens sounded as if they had a southern accent. However, Robertson did not. In the release, the sheriff's office said it cannot stress enough that this is not how we conduct business involving warrants. We never ask for payment in the form of gift cards for anything involving the judicial system or any other aspect of our office. Telephone scams involving gift cards are becoming more common, according to the <clears throat> U.S. Federal Trade Commission. During the first nine months of 2021, the FTC said more than 40,000 U.S. residents reported being the victim of gift card scams that totaled $148 million in theft. Google Play, Apple, eBay, Walmart, and Target cards are the most popular ones with scammers, according to the FTC. Most of the scams start with a phone call from someone impersonating a branch of the government. That's what the FTC said. And then they threaten to have the caller arrested. They refuse to pay fees or post bonds using gift cards. The scam artists also ask... Uh, victims to provide the gift card numbers over the phone and then the government and legitimate businesses uh, at least this is what the FTC says um, you can be rest assured that the government and legitimate businesses will never call you demanding payment with a gift card also according to the FTC gift card scams should be reported to the company that issued the card the local police and the Federal Trade Commission at reportfraud.ftc.gov. So, you know, it's something to be aware of. I mean, if <clears throat> if they're a government uh, entity that's just calling you out of the blue and asking for gift cards, yeah, you probably should hang up and then call the real, if it's the sheriff's office or whatever agency they purport themselves to be from, you should go ahead and give them a call just to make sure, you know. But, I mean, it is kind of outrageous that a government entity would call up and then say, but we want you to pay your penalty or whatever they want you to pay in gift cards. That's, um, that is pretty outrageous. All right, <clears throat> so be aware. Be aware of that scam. All right, now, the Cataraugus county sheriff's office uh they posted a video online i have no idea where cataragus is but i think this is fitting for everybody not just people in cataragus 
The Cattaraugus County Sheriff's Office is warning Amazon customers about a recent scam. And this uh, uh, audio that I'm about to play from this video was posted uh, by WGRZ-TV. So let's go ahead and take a listen. Well, this morning we're learning from the Cattaraugus County Sheriff's Office that they've received a number of complaints from people regarding fake phone calls. The caller claims to be working for Amazon.com and says that there is a problem with a recent order or another issue with the customer's account. The phone number involved usually appears to be local. The Sheriff's Office is reminding people not to share their personal information, including credit card numbers, usernames or passwords over the phone and do not share it via email. All right, so let that be a warning to all Amazon customers. No matter where you are, you don't have to be in Cattaraugus County in order to be duped. Uh, you can be an Amazon customer anywhere, so be aware of that particular scam. Okay, well, you've heard from Theo Joe on our show before, but he has warned us of a new scam and this is very strange because you would think that this is the most secure way to deal with your financial business or whatever business, secure business you have on your phone. However, uh, Theo Joe has made us aware through his video, which I'm going to start to play the audio in just, uh, uh, just a few minutes, um, he has a video entitled, A New Phone Scam Bypasses Two-Factor Security Codes. I mean, can you believe that? So, let's go ahead and uh, go ahead and play the audio from this video and find out how exactly this happens and what you can do maybe to um, thwart this uh, particular scam. So, this is posted by Theo Joe. Let's take a listen. So there is a new scam going around, and I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise. There's always new scams coming out and going around, but this one is particularly bad because it specifically targets a security feature, two-factor authentication, and tries to get around it by tricking the user into basically giving up that two-factor authentication code that comes via SMS message. So I've always talked about the importance of using two-factor authentication, and this doesn't change anything. Having two-factor authentication on your accounts will improve the security. However, you need to know that just because you have it on there doesn't mean you have to stop being vigilant. So how exactly does this scam work so you can know how to avoid it? And the good news is once you do know how it works, it is relatively easy to avoid. So the very first thing that happens, which is completely out of your control, is that your information and your login credentials or whatever gets leaked online in some kind of database breach. And this has probably happened to you more times than you would want to know. There have been literally billions of login credentials leaked from hundreds of databases over the years. If you didn't know this already, then you should know that you are absolutely in some of these leaked databases and your passwords are absolutely out online, which is why you need to use unique passwords on every single website. Because you might think, oh, well, I don't care if this random website got hacked and my credentials got leaked on there. I don't care about that website. But here's the thing, if you use the same password or a similar password on a website you don't care about as on your bank website, 
Well, they may as well have hacked into your bank website. They're using the same credentials. So the first thing the hacker does is looks in these databases and tries a whole bunch of pre-existing passwords from this database and try it on bank websites, stuff like that. When they get a match, if they are able to log in and there's no two-factor authentication on that account, well, I mean, if that happens, they're already going to steal your money. But this scam specifically addresses if you have gone through the extra good step of adding two-factor authentication in some form, specifically with a text message, then if the hacker gets a hit and they see that, okay, this password and login worked, but they have a text message code that has to confirm before I can actually break into this account. Well, that's where this scam comes in. So to kind of summarize what everything I just said is your passwords and login credentials on old websites are already out there on the internet. Hackers have access to them right now. So then the hacker then happens to try one that works and they realize that, okay, this account, the correct credentials are there, but I need the two-factor authentication code that was sent to the user to actually get into it. So what is a poor scammer to do at this point? Well, that comes to the main topic of this video, which are these new services out there for scammers to basically have a bot set up that will automatically call and pretend to be the website that they're trying to log into and basically tricks the user into giving the bot the password, and then that gets passed to the scammer who then logs in. So let me explain how that works. So the scammer will use this app, they'll type in your phone number, and then it will dial you and pretend using a robot voice say, this is PayPal security fraud. We have detected a $58 charge to your account. If you didn't do this charge, then press one or something like that. So then of course the person types in one or whatever to say that they didn't do it. And then it'll then say, we just sent you a code Please type it in so we can confirm and then cancel the order. And remember, this voice phone call is fake. It's not actually from PayPal. It's just pretending. So basically, it's just trying to get the person into scared mode. Oh, no, there's a fake charge on my account. And then what will happen is as that phone call is going, the scammer on the other end will log in to the account with the working credentials, which will automatically trigger a real two-factor authentication code to be sent to the person who is at the same time receiving the phone call. So when the fake voice says, we just sent you a code, type it in to cancel the order, the person is going to do that. Oh, okay, I'll type in the code. The, the thing just said they'd send it. They think it's all automatic. They then type it into the phone with the tones, and that tone actually gets translated and feeded back to the scammer who now has the two-factor authentication code to log into the PayPal account. And this person never even had to interact with them. All they got was a robot voice. They didn't even know that this was not automatic. And then also apparently what will happen is after you type in the code and the scammer confirms that it works, the voice will say something like, confirmed canceled. If you see any charges on your account for the next 24 to 48 hours, don't worry, we'll refund you for that. Meanwhile, those are the charges that the scammer is going to actually make. There was no fake charge before. Now the scammer is going to go actually make one and the person's going to think, oh, well, it said that I don't have to worry about those. So again, if it wasn't clear, basically the scammer already has your contact info. They know that the login works and they now need to get your two-factor authentication code. So they have a fake voice robot thing call and pretend to be PayPal or whatever. And the whole point of that call is to simply to get you to type in the two-factor authentication code while the scammer is then going to use that to log into your account. And again, this, the code that comes through is real 
but the phone call is not. And actually, this is really clever on the scammer's part because usually these phone text messages will say something like, never share this with anyone. But the victim may think, oh, well, it's a robot on the other end. This isn't a person asking for it. It's an automatic thing. I'll just type it in. They don't realize that they are actually giving it to a person. So basically, the way to avoid this is to simply know about it. If you know that there's phone calls going around that are trying to get you to type in two-factor authentication codes to get sent to your phone, know that that's probably not from the real website. That code is not to be given over the phone or anything. That's to be logged into a website, especially on a phone call that you received unsolicited. Never give any kind of information to anyone or any robot that calls you unsolicited. Now, another thing I need to point out is that just because you have two-factor authentication enabled on your account doesn't mean you can't also get phished in other ways. For example, there are websites out there that know that two-factor authentication is a thing, so the website may set up a fake login page to PayPal, whatever, and have you type in your credentials, and then it will go and use the credentials you just typed in, send it to the website, and then ask you on the fake website for the code again, and then again, you just pass it along to the real website. So just having two-factor authentication really just protects you against purely a scammer logging into your account without you doing anything, but you can still get fished for it if they trick you into giving it to them. And that is why I have always suggested getting one of these, or at least two of them, so you have a backup, which are security keys. These are physical security keys. They have some cryptographic stuff going on, but basically this is unfishable. So instead of the website asking you for a code that you type in from your phone, the website will ask you to simply tap the button on the security key, and that confirms that you have physical access to the security key, so therefore the second factor is something you have. So therefore, the only way a scammer could be able to log into your account is if they steal your passwords in this physical thing. And it works in such a way that even if there's someone listening, doing a man in the middle attack, listening to the information going between your key and the website to confirm it, they can't use that information because it's encrypted in a special way that I'm not really qualified to explain. Now, the important thing to remember is that a lot of websites even if you have a security key, they may also have a fallback method where it'll also allow you to log in with a phone code or something like that. So you definitely have to be aware of that, where if you're going to use a security key, then only use the security key, no matter what other methods it may also have you set up. But anyway, that's kind of a whole side tangent, not super related to the video. So just know about this scam. And again, to sum it up, just don't give those security keys to anyone or anything that calls you unsolicited because there could definitely be a person on the other end that is using it to now log into your account because your credentials, again, are already out there. That is why you need to absolutely use unique passwords on every website. If you don't want to keep track of them, there are plenty of password managers out there like LastPass, 1Password, uh, Dashlane, I forget what a bunch of other ones are, but they're all decent. You just really need to make sure that you use an exceptionally strong, long, and unique password on the password manager if you do go that route. So anyway, just be aware that this is a thing and stay safe out there. So if you enjoyed this video, definitely give it a thumbs up. And if you want to subscribe, be sure to also click the bell to enable notifications. I only post about twice a week tops, so you don't want those to get lost in the rest of your subscriptions. If you guys want to keep watching, I'll put a couple of videos here for previous videos I made talking about new scams in 2021. And another one more recently was about a delayed disconnect phone scan. It was really, really clever. I'll put those right there. So thanks so much for watching, guys, and I'll see you in the next video. Wow. So 
That audio from Theo Joe, a new phone scam bypasses two-factor security codes. That's a real head-scratcher, huh? Jeez. I mean, uh, you know, they'll come up with anything. So you have to be very, very wary about, you know, anything now times. So, um, all right. So moving on to other scams. Um, These are financial scams. Uh, there was a article posted by the FTC on January 10th, 2022, and they described a new crypto payment scam alert. So here's how that goes. There's a new spin on scammers asking people to pay with cryptocurrency. It involves an impersonator, a QR code, and a trip to a store directed by a scammer on the phone to send your money to them through a cryptocurrency ATM. It works like this. Someone might call pretending to be from the government, law enforcement, or a local utility company. Maybe a romantic interest you met online calls or someone calls to say you've won the lottery or a prize. They'll wind up asking you for money. If you believe the story they tell and you seem willing to engage, they'll stay on the phone to direct you to withdraw money from your bank, investment, or retirement accounts. Then they'll tell you to go to a store with a cryptocurrency ATM and they'll stay on the phone the whole time. Once you're there, they'll direct you to insert your money into the ATM and buy cryptocurrency. Here's where the QR code comes in. They send you a QR code with their address embedded in it. Once you buy the cryptocurrency, they have you scan the code so the money gets transferred to them. But then your money is gone. Here's the main thing to know. Nobody from the government, law enforcement, utility company, or prize promoter will ever tell you to pay them with cryptocurrency. If someone does, it's a scam every time. Any unexpected tweet, text, email, call, or social media message, particularly from someone you don't know, asking you to pay them in advance for something, including with cryptocurrency, is a scam. If you spot something like this, tell the FTC right away at reportfraud.ftc.gov. And to learn more about avoiding cryptocurrency scams, visit ftc.gov slash cryptocurrency. So there you are. They'll try to get you one way or the other. I didn't even know that these cryptocurrency ATM machines existed until a friend of mine was saying that somebody was directing her to go to a a cryptocurrency ATM and where was uh, one in North for sales? Uh, I didn't know and now I know where one is but I was like I pleaded with her don't go I don't know who's calling you on the phone to tell you to go to the cryptocurrency ATM but just don't go you know and and she said she wouldn't so Hopefully she stayed to that, but yeah, you just never know. It's so out of the way that to be logical, like you would think that people would be like, well, that's strange. Why is somebody telling me to go to the cryptocurrency ATM? I don't deal with cryptocurrency, you know? So <laughs> it seems, uh, you know, logical not to follow along, but a lot of people do. So you have to be very, very careful. Okay, so it appears that there was this new scam uh, 
I don't know if you're aware of the Zelly mobile app payment, okay? How you can send payments through the Zelly or Zelle? Zelly, I think it's called. Well, <clears throat> there's, of course, a scam that uh, involves Zelly mobile app payment scam. And this is through New Bank of America. And so ABC7 Chicago posted a video on YouTube, and we'll hear the audio, about Zelly mobile app payment scam steals thousands. So let's take a listen. They were tricked into sending Zelle payments to their own accounts, but that money somehow ended up in the hands of scammers instead. The complex scheme starts with a text and then a phone call. It's a phone and voice phishing scam known as vishing. It's really distressing. Nasheen Brooks was out $3,500. You save your hard-earned money to just be taken away from you. She received this text saying it was her bank, Bank of America, verifying a purchase. When she answered no, she got a call from someone saying they were a Bank of America representative and they were asking questions that made it all sound so real. Then Brooks was told there was a $3,500 Zell withdrawal from her Bank of America account, which was pending. And all she had to do was transfer the money back to herself through Zelle to reverse it. When she sent herself the 3500 through Zelle, the money disappeared. If you sent the Zelle to your own email and your own number, how did it get to the scammer? That, that's where I'm lost for words. And look at this. Even though the transaction has her information, another strange name appeared underneath, making it look like someone took over her Zelle account. Hey. Be really aware. The same scam happened to Darlene Chelsea. She lost $3,500 to scammers after sending the money to herself through Zelle on Bank of America's app. I sent it to myself. Nobody should be able to get it but me. But clearly it didn't go to me. Chelsea says the incoming phone number was made to look like a real Bank of America phone number. And she says the fraudsters even used the same hold music as Bank of America. But it wasn't the bank. These attackers gain trust. The victim's trust. Cybersecurity experts at Bitdefender say the scammers are impersonating the banks with texts and phone numbers by using spoofing technology. Experts say the attackers may have already had the victim's information by studying their social media, and they may have sign-in info through software which hackers use to hunt for passwords and usernames. They definitely have access to the account if the money was wired to herself. The theft itself is simple, right? There are very few steps that the attacker needs uh, to do uh, to transfer the money out. Brooks says she was fooled into handing over authentication codes from her texts, which may have allowed scammers access to the account on a new device. Chelsea says she never gave the callers those codes. Why are you asking me for that? And that is when the call dropped and it was gone. And so were the, so was the money. <laughs> the I-team contacted both Zelle and Bank of America, which sent us a statement saying we remind clients that they should not provide confidential account information to unidentified individuals. Bank of America and other legitimate companies would not ask for sensitive account information, such as passcodes or authentication codes. We have a number of measures in place to proactively warn clients about scams, and we periodically reach out to customers with information about how to stay safe and avoid scams. 
Bank of America, which is a partial owner of Zelle, looked into both claims and credited both Chelsea and Brooks that $3,500. I was lucky and blessed enough that, you know, I had you guys to help me with this. If you get a call like that, hang up and call your real bank's number listed on its website or your debit card. Security experts also say you should never use the same password. For example, if your email password is compromised and it's the same as your bank, scammers can then get into your bank account. More tips on our website, abc7chicago.com. Hey, if you like that video, be sure to subscribe to our ABC7 Chicago YouTube channel. Okay. All right, now moving on to other scams. We always have to talk about the coronavirus and COVID-19 and how that has been a breeding ground for scammers. And uh, the FTC has posted an article, and this was dated January 4th, 2022. Uh, the Division of Consumer and Business Education uh, from the FTC has, and the, the title of this article is How to Avoid Buying Fake COVID Tests Online. Now, the big thing is we're getting, you know, uh, COVID tests through the mail from the government. Uh, we are also, I don't know about everybody else, but we were told recently at work that our health insurance is going to reimburse us for COVID tests. However, you know, again, there's some scammers out there that will tell you otherwise. So here is the article. The news is filled with images of long lines at in-person COVID testing sites and reports of limited supplies of at-home test kits. It's not a surprise that according to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, fake and unauthorized at-home testing kits are popping up online as opportunistic scammers take advantage of the spike in demand. Using these fake products isn't just a waste of money, increases your risk of unknowingly spreading COVID-19 or not getting the appropriate treatment. So if you're shopping online for COVID test kits and related items, here's what you look out for. Make sure the test you're buying is authorized by the FDA. Check the FDA's list of antigen diagnostic tests and molecular diagnostic tests before you buy to find the tests authorized for home use. Uh, UA, EUA is emergency use authorization. Check out a seller before you buy, especially if you're buying from a site you don't know. Search online for the website, company, or seller's name, plus words like scam, complaint, or review. Compare online reviews from a wide variety of websites. You can get a good idea about a company, product, or service from reading user reviews on various retail or shopping comparison sites. Think about the source of the review. Ask yourself, where is this review coming from? Is it from an expert organization or individual customers? Pay by credit card if you're charged for an order you never got or... For a product that's not as advertised, contact your credit card company and dispute the charge. So, FTC says suspect a scam, seller, or bogus test. We want to hear about it at reportfraud.ftc.gov. So, be careful about those fake COVID tests. And, uh, you know, 
do your homework before you uh, buy online, especially if it's not from a pharmacy or something like that, you know. All right, moving on to other scams. So many scams, so little time here. <laughs> Another article posted by Emily Wu. Uh, she is an attorney at FTC in the Division of Consumer and Business Education. This was posted in December, but it's apt even now, I'm sure. And um, it's entitled, Tis the Season for Student Loan Scam Calls. <laughs> so... Here's the thing, if you have federal student loan, you probably already know that the coronavirus emergency relief program that has paused your payments is ending. Repayments will begin again after May 1st, 2022. Scammers know it too and are looking for ways to take advantage. They're calling, texting, and emailing to try to use any confusion around restarting your student loan payments to steal your money and personal information. All right, so in addition to the article, they also posted uh, audio about uh, what some of these scam calls sound like. So let me go ahead and play that for you. This message is from the Department of Education. All programs for student loan forgiveness will be stopped immediately. In order for you to qualify, you must apply within the next 24 hours or you will not be able to have your student loan payment reduced. Please contact us at 888. Once again, you must get enrolled within the next 24 hours. Thank you. Okay, so... If you get a call that sounded like something like that, or you get a text, an email, or message on social media from someone about your federal student loan, here are some things to keep in mind. Never pay an upfront fee. It's illegal for companies to charge you before they help you. If you pay upfront to reduce or get rid of your student loan debt, you might not get any help or your money back. Also, remember that there's nothing a company can do for you that you can't do for yourself for free. And you never have to pay to get help from the Department of Education. Here's the next tip. Never give out your federal student aid ID or social security number or other personal information to anyone who contacts you. Scammers posing as student loan servicers can use this information to log into your account, change your contact information, and even divert your payments to them instead of giving out your FSA ID call. Uh, before you give out your FSA ID, call or contact your servicer first. Don't just, just give it out willy-nilly if you especially if you suspect something's up just you know hang up and uh you know if they're legitimate they're not gonna bother you about double checking behind them right so you just say well i've got to hang up now i'm gonna call the number and i'm going to see if this is legitimate or not and that's what you do you call or contact your servicer before giving out any numbers whatsoever don't sign up for quick loan forgiveness. Scammers might say they can get rid of your loans before they know the details of your situation 
or they might promise a loan forgiveness program that most people won't qualify for. They might even say they'll wipe out your loans by disputing them, but they can't. Another tip, scammers use fake seals and logos to lure people in. They promise special access to repayment plans, new federal loan consolidations, or loan forgiveness programs. It's a lie. If you have federal loans, go to the Department of Education directly at studentaid.gov. If a scammer contacts you, report it at reportfraudftc.gov. All right. So, keep aware of, you know, just phone calls out of the blue, too. Like, if you never even solicited anybody's help and somebody just called you out of the blue and said they can do X, Y, and Z for you, there's something wrong, you know? So, I would call, you know, I would just say, well, what company are you from? And, well, don't even engage with them. Just hang up and call one of, you know, government, like the studentaid.gov and ask them if this is legitimate or not, and they'll be able to tell you that, you know. But, you know, people just call out of the blue. It's probably not legitimate at all. And really, you should do your homework about it. Now, if you contacted somebody to help you, then, you know, that's another thing. You already expected their call. <clears throat> Hopefully, it's not like a, a, you know, disreputable company or something that you contacted. But, you know, you got to be careful. I mean, you know, they want to get your money one way or the other. So, all right. <clears throat> now, I have another uh, piece of audio from Theo Joe's video. And he has posted new scams to watch out for in 2022. So we always, uh, air, he always puts out these videos maybe once or twice a year. And I'm always curious as to see what he has to say. I think there's a couple that we already touched on, but he might have more, a little bit more information on those. Uh, but uh, here we go. New scams to watch out for in 2022 posted by Theo. Well, it's a new year and there's new scams. So just like every year, I'm going to make this video going over a bunch of scams that are either brand new or maybe they're not even new, but they're becoming more popular recently or they're a new variation on an old scam that you should watch out for coming into 2022. But of course, the best way to defend against them is to simply know about them. So you should be good by the end of this video for these at least. So starting out with number one, we have the Google Voice Verification scam and this one's really tricky because you might not even realize that you were tricked by the end of it. This one usually targets people who are selling things online such as on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist but really anywhere that people post their phone number to be contacted and this even includes sadly people who are looking for lost pets for example. So how this scam works is they'll first contact you and say they're a little bit hesitant they want to verify you're a real person or verify that you're the real pet's owner or verify anything really and then they'll say that they're going to send a verification text or it may also be a voice phone call and it'll be from Google Voice it'll say Google Voice verification text and then a code and they'll ask you to give that code to them and if you do even if you don't have a Google Voice account they've got you so let me explain 
Google Voice is basically a service where you get assigned a virtual phone number that ties to your main phone number, and then you can then receive calls on the virtual phone number that gets forwarded to your main number, or you can also make calls from the Google Voice number, the virtual number. And in this scam, what the scammer is trying to do is set up a new Google Voice account with the Google Voice number, except it'll be associated to you, the victim, not them. Because when they set it up, they enter in a phone number that it will be associated with, and then it sends that phone number, of course, a verification text. And if you give that, then they can basically sign up for an account under your number. And this is basically just a way for the scammers to get a nearly unlimited supply of new phone numbers, because normally, obviously, you need a specific phone number to sign up for each account, but if they're going from person to person online, they can just trick everyone into signing up and get a whole bunch of numbers. And then those numbers would be used to scam other people. So in this one, you might particularly not lose any money or anything, but still, your number is gonna now be associated with some random Google Voice account. And if you do get tricked, you basically have to go through a process which is called reclaiming your number, which I believe involves just signing up for your own Google Voice account and then re-verifying with your phone number, but it'll now be switched onto your actual account that you created and taken off the other one. So yeah, just be aware of this one because you might not have realized that this was even possibly a scam. All right, next up we have the Zelle payment scam. And this one's interesting because you might not even realize that a lot of banks, possibly even your bank, uses Zelle and may have automatically signed you up so you can receive payments or send payments through Zelle even though you never really made an account for it. And that's what the scammers take advantage of. So how this scam works is scammers will send out mass text messages to a whole bunch of people and it'll say something like, fraud detected, if you did not make this charge for whatever amount of dollars, reply no or yes. And no matter what you respond, if you do respond at all, they will then call you from a spoofed number to look like the bank and pretend to be the bank's fraud department. Then they'll say something like, oh, we need to verify your identity and they'll ask for your bank username, not your password, which some people might be thrown off by. And the reason for this is what they're going to try and do is go through the password reset process with you on the phone, but you don't realize that's what's happening. So they basically go onto the bank's website, put in the username you just gave them and say, forgot password, which will then, with Zelle at least apparently, trigger a text message to be sent to the phone number associated with it, which again is your number, but you might not realize that it is. And what they'll say is, oh, I'm going to be sending you a SMS message with a verification code and you'll have to read that back to me to make sure you're legit or whatever. And unbeknownst to you, that's not a verification text code. It's a code to reset your password. Anyway, so once they get this number, they basically are able to get into your bank account and potentially even change your password. And because Zelle is tied to your bank account, usually they can use this to send money out of it. Now, I believe in some scenarios, when they do go to try and transfer money out, it will also trigger another confirmation text message. So what they'll probably do is keep you on the line and they'll say that, hey, you're gonna get a text message and it's the refund confirmation. So you have to make sure that you confirm it because I'm sending the money back in your account that was stolen or something like that. Meanwhile, no, it's actually a confirmation for money coming out of your account to the scammer. So you have to be aware of that, that they will say really anything to get you to put in these codes or confirm the text message. And this one is actually part of a larger trend of scammers realizing they can get around two-factor authentication using SMS codes because a lot of websites stupidly 
basically make it so a text message turns into a one-factor authentication where you can reset your password with nothing but the confirmation code on your phone, which then opens up the possibility of scammers simply asking people for it. And even though usually it says, never share this code with anyone, people apparently do it anyway. And what's actually apparently really bad about this one is a lot of banks, they say in their terms of service that the Zelle transfer doesn't actually get covered under certain fraud terms, so you kind of might just be out that money. So definitely be aware of this one. All right, on to the next one. We have the cloud access job scam. And this one is another interesting one because it doesn't always scam the person directly, but rather uses them sort of like the Google voice scam to scam other people. Although sometimes, depending on the situation, you can be scammed directly. So how this scam works is the scammers will post a fake job listing online, which people will respond to, and they may even do a mock interview where they don't really show their face, of course, but maybe it's a text interview or over chat or something like that, and then they'll offer you the job, of course, and then afterwards, they'll say something like, oh, well, we do have some requirements for you to actually be getting into this job, and we have to have you sign this tax form and an NDA. And first of all, with the tax form, that's not even the main part of the scam, but they might be kind of double dipping by when you do fill that information out, like with your social security number, they might take that and use that later against you. But the main part of the scam is actually this other document, which they may call an NDA, and it'll say things like, oh, to get this job, you need to confirm that you're willing to go through our setup process within 24 hours or else you won't get the job. And this process basically involves you signing up for a cloud computing account whether that's AWS, Amazon Web Services, or Google Cloud, something like that. And the payoff for the scammers is they'll ask you, all right, after you set it up, give us the username and password, and we can complete our setup process. And then once you do, of course, then they can use that Google Cloud or AWS account for nefarious purposes. A lot of times these accounts will have a starting bonus credit or something like a trial credit, and those users now use your information that you're now associated with for fraud, which obviously is not good. Or sometimes, I believe, they may even get you to add your credit card number to the account and then say, oh, we'll reimburse you and we'll give you a bonus if you do this. And then, of course, they can not only just charge the trial credit, but then start using your credit card information for fraudulent purposes by running maybe a DDoS attack or whatever. They want to use these computing resources from this account on other people. So if someone asks you to sign up for an account and then you give them the username and password, that's really suspicious because why couldn't they have just done that for you then? So just be wary that these types of scams are out there. Up next, we have post-disaster scams, which is a more general category, and these are becoming more common simply because there's more things happening. For example, in 2021, there was that huge tornado outbreak, it's being called, where a whole bunch of homes across the United States were destroyed, and then scammers, of course, lined up to take advantage of this. For example, you may see an advertisement or receive a text or phone call, whatever, and it'll say, hey, you're eligible for FEMA relief funds. You can get some money, and you just have to 
pay this fee and then we'll get you the funds. And obviously, fees for FEMA relief are not a thing. It's a scam to just take your money. Some scammers may also pretend to be government officials as part of the relief effort and say that, oh, to help you out or get you whatever resources, we need to first get your personal information and your banking information or maybe even transfer money directly. And of course, it's the same idea. They might use it to steal your identity, something like that. So just be very suspicious and only sign up for any kind of resources through official government websites. And an example of one apparently that was more frequent was these scammy debris removal services where they were not qualified professionals or anything, but they would advertise these services to remove debris from your home or wherever, and they would either demand outrageous prices way above market rate that didn't even make sense to scammy levels, or they may demand money up front and then have crappy work and then refuse to refund you, or just crappy work in general. So, of course, just remember, even if you go through a disaster, still try and take the time to vet some of these people that are claiming to be who they are. They might not be. All right, moving on, we have the Geek Squad subscription scam. And no, this is not saying that Geek Squad is the scam, but rather scammers using that name as part of the scam. Now, this scam is actually really similar to other scams, but usually the scammers use something like Amazon. So I'd never seen it used before with Geek Squad, so I figured I'd bring it up. And how this one works is they'll send you a text message or probably an email that will be a fake subscription renewal confirmation. And then they'll say, oh, to contact... For information about this order, contact this phone number, of course, which is going to contact the scammer. And then from there, it's the usual. They ask you, oh, what's your credit card info so we can confirm the order or something like that. And of course, they just use that to steal and take your money. And the way to defend against these scams is to simply call the official phone number on the actual retailer's website. So in this case, you'd go on Best Buy's actual website, check their actual phone number. Don't rely on the one that is in the email if you really want to check for it, or just kind of be able to recognize that it is a scam. And also just be aware that these types of scams are not just happening for Apple, iTunes, and Amazon anymore. It's more obscure services. All right, on to the next scam is the Omicron PCR testing scam. And apparently this one is happening mostly in the United Kingdom, but really could happen anywhere. And basically how it works is you'll get a text message or an email, something like that, maybe even see an advertisement that claims to be a way to get a free COVID Omicron test. And in the United Kingdom, at least, the one that's mostly going around sends you to a website that looks like the NHS, the National Health Service, and basically you have to fill out all your personal information, potentially even a credit card information, and then they'll just steal whatever you put in, and then you don't get the test, obviously. And I remember actually talking about this scam, I think last year, where it was obviously not Omicron, but it was the same story, scammers pretending to be a government agency, and in that one, they did ask for your credit card number for a fee. So just be aware to always only go to the official website and make sure you check that URL. Now, this next scam is definitely not new, but it does show, I think, that scammers are becoming more bold in their scams, and that is that some of them are using even prop fake money to pay for things they are buying from you online. And this actually did happen to someone on Reddit. They posted about it, which is where I got this example, where they sold their iPad in a public place, and the person handed them fake prop money where on it, it literally says, 
for motion picture use only, but they, I guess, didn't inspect it close enough, and you can kind of see it looks different. And they also mentioned it was very, very cold out, which could have been the reason maybe why he didn't notice that it felt different because your hands are a little bit more numb. Now, in this example, specifically, they were given $100 bills, but theoretically, it could happen with any denomination. So if you do receive large bills from anyone, really, always be sure to maybe give it an extra glance to make sure it is at least passably real. And I think if you are selling something to a stranger, then check it no matter what the denomination is. Even if it's very small, you want to make sure they're not giving you anything fake that's smaller because people might not check smaller bills. Now, I was under the impression that prop money was supposed to be either larger or smaller or have some other characteristics that made it easy to spot up close as being fake, but either the scammers modified it somehow or the person really didn't look close at all. Okay, coming near the end, we still have a couple more. This next one is child tax credit scams. Now, last year in the United States, the federal government did send out payments in the form of tax credits, depending on if you had children and stuff like that. But theoretically, this could happen anywhere in the world for any government program that is involving sending money to people. And what scammers have been doing is at the time these payments were going out and still to this day continuing, saying that, oh, well, you qualify for this tax credit, or maybe by this point they'll say, oh, you're qualifying to get another tax credit, and how this one works is not really a new story. They contact you via text message or voicemail or whatever, email, and they'll say, hey, you qualify for this tax credit, you can get this amount of money, but you have to do X, Y, Z first. And really the sky is the limit after you contact them and believe it. They could ask for personal information, banking information, a fee or something, for the bank transfer, whatever they say, they're probably going to try and get as much as they can out of you. And if you do seem like a gullible person, they might not stop at just asking for identity information, but maybe even try to get you to directly pay with a credit card, stuff like that. Okay, finally, we have the emergency broadband program impersonators. Now, this one is actually a really run-of-the-mill scam in terms of the technique, but I wanted to point this one out because the real program, not the scam one, obviously, is actually something... I think most people should at least know about, so I wanted to mention it. It's just another federal program here in the USA, but basically, if you qualify, the government apparently will give you a refund of, or a kind of a rebate, of 50 bucks a month for internet service and like 100 for any laptop you purchase. So that might be worth checking if you're struggling to pay for your internet bill, especially in these times of remote work, you might want to look into that. Of course, just go on the official government website. Don't believe any of these scammers. So let me get to that. The main notable thing I noticed about this scam when I was reading is that apparently scammers are using social media advertising to spread it, not just spam texts and stuff like that. And a lot of people may fall for it because they may expect to get spam on their text message or email, but maybe not see scams in social media advertising like on Facebook or something. And then what happens is you click on this advertisement or click on the link, maybe they do send an email, and then it's the usual, oh, to sign up for this, we need your identity information, we need you to pay this fee, whatever. So just remember, if you do see advertisements for some government program, even if it is a real thing, definitely look it up yourself on the actual government website, Google the actual website, don't necessarily take an advertisement at face value. So by now you should be at least more aware of some of the more popular scams, though don't think that these are the only ones going around. But if you are aware of the general patterns of these scams, at the end of the day, they're kind of similar, so you can start to recognize them even if it's not exactly the same. Now, if you guys want to keep watching, the next video I'd recommend is one I made talking about how scammers are using new automated bots 
to trick people into giving away two-factor authentication codes. Like I mentioned, that's kind of a pattern, and it's a little bit different than what I even mentioned here. So definitely check that one out so you're aware of it. So thanks so much for watching, guys, well, and I'll see you in the next one. Well, that is the end of our show for today. And if you have any questions or comments on anything you've heard, you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. This is the Consumer Review Report on Tube City Online Radio, a service of Tube City Online, Tube City Community Media, Inc. This show is heard Sundays at 4 p.m., Tuesdays at 6 p.m., and Thursdays at 9 a.m. If you're not able to catch our regularly scheduled shows, podcasts of these shows are available on wmck.fm slash crr, iTunes, Google, iHeart, Spotify, and Spreaker. I'm Diane Rebecca, wishing everyone a safe and good week.